This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Good morning, business storytellers. It's Christoph Trapp. Thanks for joining me today. Another episode and live stream of the Business Storytelling Podcast, 7 a.m., bright and early Chicago time zone. Um, So hopefully you're up, you've grabbed your cup of coffee. If you're listening on the podcast version of this thing, just a friendly reminder, we are live streaming most episodes on ctrap.online forward slash LinkedIn, or just look me up on LinkedIn. I don't actually know if that redirect currently works. Um, had a little bit of a problem over the weekend with the Japanese keyword hack. Just published an article over on AuthenticStorytelling.net, how I made it through that. Um, not a good experience, really diverted my time from focusing on important topics like content strategy, content marketing, content production, and of course, the topic of the day, using artificial intelligence in marketing. And who better to ask to come on the show than the person that actually wrote the book on that exact um, topic, using artificial intelligence in marketing, how to harness AI and maintain the competitive edge. Um, Joining me from the UK is Katie King. Thanks for joining us today, Katie. Ah, it's a pleasure to be here, Christoph. Thanks for having me. And of course, um, your day is off to a little bit longer start than mine. So I do appreciate that as well. That's all right. Yeah, um, no, it's good. What is it? 12 o'clock midday here. We had our clocks go back at the weekend. So uh, yeah, we have midday UK time. Midday. So that's we don't have our clocks changed quite yet. I think that's coming up in another um, another week here. So hard to keep track. I'm not sure why we're doing it. But anyway, that's not the topic anybody cares about. <laughs> AI and marketing. So you wrote the book. Of course, we have the link to the yeah. book in the notes. Um, there it is. Um, available uh, at least in the US and UK, probably worldwide, worldwide I assume. Um, yeah. And we've talked about AI before on the show, but what are some things people need to think about? Um, what prompted you to write the book? Why is this an important topic to you? Yeah, good questions. So you'll quickly see and hear what you see is what you get. And so I'm, you know, like to be really honest and share with people, you know, exactly what the story is. I'm 53 and the book is about keeping me in business. It's about future proofing. And I realized about five or six years ago that the edge that I had with digital marketing, I was for many years ahead of the pack, seizing digital marketing before it was really fashionable. But everyone caught up. So all of the work I was doing on TEDx talks and training and consulting, etc. You know, everyone was doing that. People were becoming really capable with that. And so I looked around at the market and realized the new technologies, the blockchain, augmented reality, Internet of Things, and in particular, AI, were the future. And so I got involved about five or six years ago. Two and a half years ago, I decided to write a book about it. And what you see here is a, a collection of case studies, successes, failures, academic viewpoints, 
big brands, tech disruptors. And so the book really was me really immersing myself for a few years in this world and it's paid off and it's been fantastic. And now I'm on the all party parliamentary group, a task mm-hmm. force looking at enterprise adoption of AI. I've learned tons and I learn tons every day. So I think my ba- main message to people really is a long way round. Really, my answer to you is, to, is you've got to be curious. You've got to keep learning, whether you're 30 years into your marketing career like me or you're just getting going and you're learning something like this at school, university. You've got to keep learning because it's changing so fast. But the biggest message really is that this is automating the way we do our marketing. And the benefit is either reduced costs or improved sales. So they're the main kind of areas to think about. I'm sure we'll explore that in a lot more detail. Let's do that. But but first, let's dive into what you mentioned. And this is this is the journalistic reason why I love asking people why they do anything because the fantastic answer, of course, in marketing, you always have to try to find a way to stand out. And I'll give you two examples that are very recent. Guys, why are we doing a live stream of all these podcasts? Any guesses out there in the in the cheap seats? Uh, we are doing it because not very many other people are doing it. It's actually helping us stand out. We're learning new things and um, really quick plug here, today's uh, live stream, you can actually use Switcher Studio, which is what I use for my um, my live streams. I'm going to put that up here for a second. You can take a look. Um, but honestly, the, why are we, I mean, Katie, when I came on, I said, hey, we're going to live stream. And I, I listed all these channels, including Twitch, which I still don't understand why I'm on there. I mean, it's kind of like not very many people do that, right? So it helps us stand out. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's very, yeah. You've got to keep ahead, haven't you? You've got to keep ahead, keep differentiating yourself from the competition, be ahead of the pack. Um, but again, from an AI point of view, I am not waving the flag saying AI is being used at scale across yeah. all these different industries. And I'm sure we'll delve into it as we chat some more, Christoph. But now is the time. Two or three years ago, it might have been a little bit early, but actually real businesses, whether that's retailers, financial organizations, small businesses and large are using some of these tools. And this is not just big chatbots and sophisticated tools. Some of it is just the equivalent of the last decade software as a service. You know, they're simple tools that are AI enabled that are helping you with your digital marketing or your CRM, those kinds of areas. So how do how do so I'm very interested in and I and AI artificial intelligence, but I'm not I don't even know how to get started. I'm not even sure I've used it before. And certainly last year I used virtual reality, which I know is different, but again, trying to set ourselves apart, right? But yeah. but how do I get started? Let's talk about uh, like a regular sized business, medium sized business um, that has some marketing campaigns. Um, how do they get started? And, and are they already yeah. using AI and they just don't know? They quite possibly are. So think about it in your day to day business life or even in your life personally. There are elements of your Instagram and your Facebook and even your Google searches and, of course, your Netflix where 
AI is part of that. So if you upload a picture of you and I to Facebook, Christoph, and it will automatically say, well, why don't you tag your friend Katie? There's elements of AI in that image and pattern recognition. So yeah, you probably are using it without even realizing you are. And the Netflix recommendations, there's AI built into the engine that's recommending watch this program because you watched that one with Tom Hardy, the actor, that kind of thing. Um, but let's say you are a small, medium-sized organization. Depends what you're trying to achieve. And my first piece of advice would be don't just jump in with two feet thinking, I've got to buy some AI very tactically. You're really considering a problem. You're considering a, a, the potential solution that AI might have to some of your needs. And so you could look around and say, Concured, Frazy, Conversica, um, Adobe Einstein, there are packages like that, some from the big vendors like Adobe Sensei, others from these tech disruptors um, that will be able to help you, like Concured is for your digital marketing, and it's doing a lot of the things that us digital marketeers have been doing for a number of years now. So it's automating and it might be 50, 100, 150 pounds a month sort of packages. So affordable, you know, not necessarily a 15 to 20K investment in some hardware and software. It might be a simple sub subscription-based uh, piece of activity. And of course, that's the, that's the way to go with uh, subscriptions today. And we had, uh, we did have a show talking about the subscription model. I am always very war wary on, on getting more subscriptions, Katie. I mean, I don't even want to admit how many software as a service subscriptions I have and then how many of them I actually use. Uh, Switcher, of course, is one, Buffer, Canva, but I sign up and then, then you got them. Um, so, but that's easier than building it in-house, right? Just to, to, to sign up for a software service. Yeah, it is. As you say, it's it's easy. It's relatively cheap. You've got to keep some tabs on, as you say, how many. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it depends what you're trying to achieve. And if you were doing it in-house, there is open source software, which your IT data science people will, if they're good, they'll be very familiar with. And if you're trying to do something a bit more sophisticated, it may actually be cheaper in the long run to do something like that. But there are very, you know, varieties. There's a whole spectrum of what you can achieve with your AI in your marketing, your sales, and your CX that start with something very small and range to something huge. So it kind of depends what you're trying to achieve. And for me, the start point is understanding your objectives, doing your due diligence and your research, going and doing some proofs of concept, you know, and getting out there and trialing some of what's available. So the uh, the trigger word a little bit there for me is proof of concept. I'm just writing that down. And I always, you know, I've done many, many pilot projects over the years. And, and I always wonder, these are things that we know work, but we still have to do a pilot project. And what's yeah. the right time to do a pilot project? Like how, like, for example, We've done plenty of shows on how do you build a brand, how do you drive leads, all these different things. And virtually everybody that's on here tells me it's not an overnight success, even when you spend millions of dollars. I mean, I'll give you an example. I don't know if you heard the news. Uh, I think it's Quip. Um, maybe I actually Google that before I say the name, but the, the, the little short form 
video platform or whatever it was, they, they were on the Super Bowl. They ran Super Bowl ads, millions of dollars, right? And they just went out of business. And I guess the pandemic uh, was part of it. But, but, you know, so what? I mean, my book came out during the pandemic. I didn't get to go to Europe for a month. I didn't mm-hmm. get to go places. So what? I mean, I still have to sell the book, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, the world doesn't stop, even though sometimes it feels like it because we're just at home. Um, I'll go take a vacation in my living room. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, COVID. Um, but how do, like, like, how do you do a pilot project? How do you do a proof of concept when it comes to AI? What's a good timeline? How do you how do you even set that up? As we said before, we're not diving straight in, making a major investment. We're dipping a toe in. This is new newish technology and we are considering our objectives. Now, of course, that's not necessarily the case if you are simply using a tool, it's been recommended, you've done a little bit of due diligence. It's Maybe it's one of those Gartner Cool Vendor winners, concured one of those. Um, the proof of concept might be something as simple as signing up for a free trial or signing up for a, an initial three-month commitment. So it doesn't have to be a major decision-making process um, to use a tool like that for, say, your digital marketing. If it's a slightly more significant investment, then again, we might be going out to tender. We might be looking for three suppliers. We might be getting some quotes for using a chatbot for our customer experience, that kind of thing. So there's no one size fits all answer to that. what I would also be advising here is that the lot of CEOs I work with say it's a bit of a wild west out there. Let's put this into context. AI has been around for 70 years, since the 1950s. There have been six or more what we call AI winters where it hasn't really taken off. It's taken off in the last three or four years because finally – We've got 10 years of smartphone technology behind us that's given us loads of data. And we've got cheap processing power. So now AI is viable. And what that means is all the venture capitalists' money has gone in and all of these hundreds and thousands of startups have cropped up. Therein is the opportunity and the challenge because people are maybe not so sure who do they turn to. And of course, you know, it's always been that saying, you know, safe to buy IBM. So, you know, it might be IBM Watson, it might be Microsoft, Azure, it might be Adobe. There are the big vendors and maybe they're the big trusted vendors. But equally, there are some tools out there on the market that others have verified. Like I mentioned, Gartner Cool Vendor Award for AI and marketing or someone you know has used a tool. So your due diligence could be quite a small piece of work and then you might be testing and setting some objectives and then evaluating it a month down the line. So how you get started and what that proof of concept looks like depends on the objectives and the the investment. So I know, Katie, there's plenty of marketing executives out there. It drives them crazy when we give them answers like that, right? When we say, it depends. I mean, I had somebody the other day, this is slightly off topic, but uh, same concept. They said to me, what would you do on our website? What would you change? And I said, um, well, it depends. What's your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? What's, you know, 
Like, could I say things like, don't put your social buttons right on the top here. People will click them and leave. You know, I mean, but that's not, that doesn't, that's not strategic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I heard you say, it's kind of along those same lines. I mean, you have to understand what are people trying to accomplish? Um, yeah. How, how does that work though? How do people even get to the point that they think, hey, I need this? And I, from a consumer mm-hmm. side of things, or uh, let's stay with B2B actually here in the workplace. There's so many workflows where people say, oh, it's going just fine. I don't need to change that. I can still run around the copy on paper and you can edit on paper and check off your name of a little baggy list, which is like a 1988 workflow. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? But how absolutely. do how do people yeah, even get to that stage to think, hey, we need to do something? Well, it's as you say, it's not always about a need because you can carry on doing something traditionally for a Mm -hmm. long long time and if you're in certain sectors of the market you know I'm thinking farming I I live in Kent in the UK and there's it's a big farming uh, county and there are still people doing tradition very very traditional kind of marketing and selling and there might be another 10 years before they absolutely fundamentally have to change the way they do things. Not all of us have the luxury of staying at a very slow pace. Some sectors are so far ahead and the competition is intense that you've got no choice but to try and keep up. And so I think the answer is, what's your objective do you want to be ahead of the pack and and making great money and always in demand or are you prepared to gradually ease off and others overtake you and it's kind of like just tick over and sit back and you know mm-hmm. so it, are you going to be a laggard are you going to be an innovator are you prepared to take the risk to not keep up And I think that's part of the thing. You know, you don't all have to go out there now and start using AI in marketing tools. But those of you that do will be ahead of the pack, will gain some real commercial advantage, will have some fun in doing it. And also, I call it the three Ds, the dirty, the dull and the dangerous. The AI is going to do some of the stuff that's been very manual. That's going to make your job a little bit more strategic and a bit more fun. What are the three Ds again? Dirty, dull, and dangerous. Let's dive so, into that. <laughs> yeah. So, so think of think of in a more important section of business of life, decommissioning landmines. Uh, you know, doing things that are, um, you know, maybe building houses. You can have robotic process automation that's building a hospital in record time to cope with COVID. Um, you know, things that are maybe a bit more dangerous, things that are a bit more dull. You know, think of your, I do my VAT, I'm a limited company, and I used to have to do it very, very manually. For 10 years, I've done it in the cloud, and my bank account syncs up with my software as a service package, and it's all automated, okay? And then think today of some of the things in marketing that we do quite manually, And AI is going to automate some of those. And it might be share of voice. It might be drafting of social media content, creating blogs, research. There's AI tools that can do those things for you. So it's for me, 
we talk a lot about artificial intelligence. A better way of considering it is augmented intelligence. Mm -hmm. Medical doctor, marketing professional, barrister, we all have elements of the work that we do that can now be automated. And so the AI is giving us insights so that we can predict which customers are likely to churn if we're in automotive, for example, which customers are likely to be the best ones to focus our marketing efforts on because we can do predictive analytics and look at data insights from previous work that we've done. So it's that kind of thing that we're talking about. It's um, big data insights in all aspects of the work that we do. So I always like to ask this question, of course, when we talk about automating tasks, some people are already screaming at me saying, oh, my goodness, uh, your goal is just to eliminate our jobs and make, uh, you know, uh, make more money without us being here. Um, do you think AI, will it replace jobs or will it create different jobs or what's uh, is that a real fear people should have? No, it's not. I tell you, it depends on the latest statistics. And this is not one of your maybe answers. This is reality. Mm -hmm. Nobody really can predict the future. But what we do know is that new industries have cropped up. Think of some of the people I interviewed for my book, um, Sheriff Mitias, Chief Experience Officer, TGI Fridays, digital marketing, the whole industry of digital marketing didn't exist 10, 12, or however many years it is now. New jobs have been created. New industries have been created. Now, you could look at the latest Deloitte statistics, Forrester, Gartner, you know, etc. Some will be predicting um, X percent losses, but most of the reports that I've read show a net, a net gain. You know, X million jobs lost, X million jobs gained. Usually, it's a net gain. I think one of the biggest I've seen fairly recent statistics from MIT, and it talks about the fact that most of our jobs, the nature of the tasks that we do will change. For all of us, the nature of the work we do will change. You know what's But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean full scale job losses. Yeah, what's interesting about that, too, is, you know, when I went to college, like what I'm doing today wasn't even a thing, quite frankly. And I, you know, I wouldn't have thought, oh, my goodness, am I going to be doing this sitting here at 7 a.m. my own time, do a live stream with somebody in the U.K.? I mean, seriously, I called my grandma uh, collect back then, you know, like today that's kind of <laughs> crazy to think about to do that, right? You just do FaceTime or whatever, Absolutely. WhatsApp, uh, plenty, plenty. So, but at the end of the day, what I still do today, I mean, even think about this podcast, Katie, I'm still basically a journalist. I mean, I'm throwing in a little bit more opinion. I'm throwing in a little bit of my own experience. So it's not just me asking questions. But at the end of the day, I'm using a lot of the things I learned as a journalist. And I used to do it in journalism. And now I do it for companies and, and those kind of things. So you just kind of have to adjust your, your skills to whatever is happening next. And you're on that journey of continuous learning and you're progressive <clears throat> and you're tenacious and you are adapting. And I think if you, like me and I'm 53, if you keep adapting and you have the right mindset for positive change, 
you won't be out of business. But if you sit in your ivory tower and you're negative and you expect that you're going to lose your job and you aren't investing in your own self, that could well come true. So, you know, you, you can't sit still. You do need to invest your time. And that doesn't mean go and learn how to code. You know, I'm not a technologist. I have worked in technology most of my career, but I am not, I do not know how to code. You know, you might go, oh, you've written a book on AI or a technologist. I don't know anything about technology. That's not the case. I know, like you, I'm a consultant and I learn how to um, apply AI and machine learning to business and help companies and train and consult. So it's very different to saying, it's fine for those of us that are technically minded. You don't need to learn. It's not one of the main skills of the World Economic Forum talks about as an essential skill for the next 10 years. Yeah. So that's encouraging. That's encouraging for a lot of the, your listeners. You, you always got to keep learning, always got to try new things. And so in 2019, 2020, of course, it was canceled because of uh, the Marketing Artificial Intelligence Conference in Cleveland. The second annual one was supposed to be this year, so we can't say it's the second annual one because it would have been the second one uh, because of COVID, uh, and hopefully mm -hmm. it's going to happen again next year. But last year I attended. Uh, I was, they invited me to join them. Really appreciate the Marketing Artificial Intelligence Institute to, uh, to invite me. So, But here's what they did, Katie. So they put up, what marketing tasks are you most excited to intelligently automate? And I just pulled this up here. So, so here are some of the answers that people gave. How can I, AI help automate budgets and spending to prevent project creep and overspending? That's a good one. Uh, hmm. And I don't know how that would work. SEO, resource allocation. So that's similar to what we already heard. First drafts of content. I'll get back to that one in yeah. a second. Um, someone please make AI to create 30-second videos out of published articles. Well, I think there's already tools out there that do that, like TryLightLately, TryLately.com, I think. Shout out to Kate and her team. They do that, hashtag not sponsored. But let's talk about first draft of contents. And I know writers feel bad about this because now it sounds like AI can write articles. Uh, but that already happens, right? The AP does Absolutely. that already. Uh, where else? I mean, how can you use AI to create content? Yeah, so I've mentioned, um, you're right, Associated Press and the BBC, Wall Street Journal. A big percentage of their content is being drafted by machine learning tools. Um, I can't remember the name of the exact tools that they're using. Uh, may even be their own ones created in-house. But I have mentioned on this podcast already, um, a tool called Concured, and it did win the Gartner Cool Vendor 2019, one of the one of the Cool Vendor ones, and that does exactly that. You know, it's helping with drafting of content, and so again, it's about what it says is that it finds that sweet spot of the right kind of content that it recommends you need in order to resonate with the audience, the right words, etc. So there are many tools. I believe some of the IBM Watson AI marketing um, packages can, can do the same as well. So, you know, I think 
it's now a, a given that AI is able to do that. And what do we do as, as, <coughs> as marketing, as copywriters? Um, we're about insights, strategy, adding value. Um, and so it's quite interesting because then what's our craft? And like you, you know, I have been writing content for many, many years. And of course, there are tools that help me do this now. But it's still a fundamental part of what I do day to day. I run a digital marketing agency and day to day, me and a very small team, that's what we do for clients. Now, if we use tools to actually help us do parts of that, fantastic. Just like a few years back, you know, we had to do things manually. We had to get press cuttings manually and we had to do our own research. And we have tools that can do that. We have scheduling tools, Buffer and Hootsuite and, and so on. Mm -hmm. It's that next layer of automation. And that's really what I think we have to embrace. And we are, as marketeers, more scientific now. We have these tools at our disposal that make us able to justify a client spend or if we're in-house, the spend um, you know, on the activities that we do. And so I think it's so much more analytical and scientific than it used to be. Finger in the air, guesswork. Now we can actually with confidence say we've reached those number of people. That article is resonating with the right target audience and they're going to convert and so on. Yeah, very interesting. Of course, uh, the other thing is, I mean, certainly AP is already using AI to write articles. But the really personalized articles written by a thought leader, right? That's a little bit different. So that's another reason why you need to get people out there in front of uh, your audience and, and use your thought leaders. I mean, that's uh, you can yeah. certainly um, optimize that. The other thing is, too, I know I have been on the whole podcasting bandwagon here. And I, seriously, guys, the Business Storytelling Podcast uh, almost to 90,000 downloads. So guess what? Podcasts wow. are not dead, right? People are watching. People are listening. I mean, these live episodes, most of them have a few hundred uh, views, you know, in the first 16 hours, roughly. I saw that the other day. So at the end of the day, it still works. And here's the thing I think people cannot automate. They cannot AI. You tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think AI can automate you and me sitting here and having a conversation yet. We're probably a few decades from that yet. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> An interesting area to consider are digital people. There's a bit of work going on around digital people that are like avatars of you and mm -hmm. I. And again, it's all about they're only as good as how they're programmed. But you're absolutely right. No one can program a an avatar um, a virtual assistant, a piece of code to do everything a human can do. So when you see the um, Yale and Oxford University research that says by 20, whatever the date is, 2043, AI will be able to do everything a human can do. What it means is there are AIs that can do a robotic arm that in a restaurant can flip burgers. There's mm -hmm. another robot that can clean the floors. There's an AI tool that can do all the things we've just described, but not one that can do everything us humans can do. And nothing can replicate the spontaneity and the complexity of our human brains that enables mm -hmm. us to have this detailed, interesting conversation. And that may never be possible or it might be possible in 50 to 100 years time. Nobody honestly knows. And I think it will go hand in hand 
with neuroscience as scientists learn how the neurons in our brains work for us yeah. to get anywhere near that level <clears throat> of um you know spontaneity and not I want to say smartness but that ability that humans have to communicate in the way we do yeah absolutely and so and it's interesting too because a lot of these I mean I I don't even think I send you any questions before we got started we just <laughs> jumped right in and we have a conversation. So certainly, you know, I can auto-generate questions based on the topic and then you can have somebody else auto-generate the answers, but that's different. It's a different environment than having a conversation and just kind of, you know, having fun. And, and so people don't, yeah. I mean, people listen for the content, I'm sure, but people also listen a little bit for the, you know, the entertainment purpose of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, certainly another reason yet, my friends, to hop on the podcasting <laughs> bandwagon and the live streaming bandwagon as well. Live streaming, I'm telling you, it really has helped reach even a wider audience. Katie, of course, your book, it's in the show notes. Uh, we did split up today's episode because we were disconnected on the live stream. It happens. Nobody has to feel bad about it. Um, yeah. I don't feel bad about it. Uh, we, we had to restart the Internet. Uh, where else can people find you and connect with you? And, and what else can they hire you for? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. So Zudikas.com is my digital marketing agency. AIinbusiness.co.uk is where people come to me and I am a keynote speaker. I have agents for that piece of work. I do some great consulting around applying AI to business. And I do a lot of training workshops virtually. I'm doing a lot of training in the US and in the Middle East and in Europe. Um, half day, one day, you know, all virtual. But I used to do it a lot face to face. And I'm really missing. Should have been in Chicago this past week and all over the US. I'm dying to get back in 2021. Um, I'll give you a 20% discount code, Christoph, that you can share in the show notes for people who want to buy a copy of the book as well. You've got my Twitter there on Instagram and on, on um, Facebook. I'm Katie King MBA. I'm very, very open to connecting with people. So, you know, fantastic. Love to connect with you. Well, don't feel bad that you can't go to Chicago. I'm four hours from Chicago, and I can't even oh. go to Chicago. <laughs> I uh, thought you said you were in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> four, four, four hours west of Chicago wow. here in, in Iowa. And currently, Iowa is on the, the hot list for COVID. So you have to quarantine Whoa. for 14 days visiting Chicago. So I don't know how they would ever prove that or, te or check it or whatever. But... Uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying home and uh, only travel around the world that I do is by inviting fantastic guests like you on the show around the world. <laughs> Katie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing your insights. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Great conversation. Thank you, Christoph. Bye, everybody. Th thanks, everyone, for joining. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.